Welcome, everybody, to episode 13 of The Rebellion. I'm Tyson Smith. I'll be your host today. And today we have on somebody who um, I feel like a lot of people. I got caught by the flash. I was seeing the Lamborghinis, the cars, the, uh, the, the nice vacations, everything like that. And I stayed because uh, I started to realize how genuine and how good of a person you are. Appreciate that, bro. And uh, I've just been, you know, I always respected your success and the things you're doing. And then I got to, I got to meet you. I got to go see your operation in your office and everything. And it just helped me make my vision so much clearer because I got to see exactly these things that I'm searching for, but you have already had them materialized in front of you. Yeah. Well, it took a long time, bro. And uh, we're not, we're not anywhere close to being where we want to be at, you know? Of course. But I, I appreciate the compliment for sure, man. I appreciate that. It means a lot. So can you kind of explain to everybody uh, a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing? Yeah, dude. Um, yep. Uh, so uh, Austin Zayback, obviously, I've been uh, in real estate since I was 18. Um, and man, I, we, we, I got into wholesaling, you know, so uh, wholesaling was my first thing I ever did. And this um, is at 18 years old. Mm -hmm, yep. And, and you uh, are how old now? I'm 27. Okay. Yep. So, um, I hired Cody Sperber to be my mentor and he was my mentor for a long time. Still my mentor. Um, and yeah, dude, Cody's a good dude. Yeah. I love Cody. I mean, I'm going to have Cody on the pod soon. He he's like, dude, I got to come on the pod. Um, so yeah, bro. Um, you know, and then basically I just built that company, man. And then I, I did retail real estate. Um, I started a big retail team. I owned an exotic car uh, company, a ATM company nationwide, you know, just a bunch of companies. And then, um, really I got out of all of that, just kind of, I wanted to do, go all in on real estate. Um, I made a lot of money in the other companies, but they just weren't, I wasn't passionate about it, you know? Um, so yeah, dude, I'm, I'm all in on real estate now. I own, um, like four real estate companies and, uh, like a VA company. And, uh, dude, we're, we're, we're doing it big, man. We're doing it real big. You know, between me and my partners, we've done like 3,500 wholesale transactions, um, in the last nine years. So, uh, yeah, dude. And then on the retail uh, side, we have 41 agents on our team now and we're growing. That's amazing. Yeah. So you said that we, we've got several real estate companies. Mm -hmm. We have the VA company. Um, is it mainly going to be, you have the, uh, traditional, the traditional team and then also a wholesale investment team? Yeah. And then like flipping, um, and then we're going to start a fund soon okay. and start raising capital and, and, uh, buy and hold. Yeah. So that'll be like the other real estate and then the VA company. Okay. Yep. So I want to hear about this fund that we're looking at and yeah. kind of the thesis on that. But first, can you walk me through how it went from learning from Cody Sperber and learning what wholesaling was, I assume. Mm -hmm. And then it was just instantly, okay, well, I'm going to build a business around this. Pretty much. Yeah, dude. I mean, I hired Cody. I didn't know anything about wholesaling at the time, right? I'd, I'd been an entrepreneur my whole life, but um, I didn't know what wholesaling was. So when I saw an ad, it was like, you can make money in real estate with no money down, right? And no credit and blah, blah, blah. You know, you don't, you didn't even need a driver's license, right? Like, you, you know, and uh, I was, I was hooked. I was like, dude, this is awesome, right? Like, I want to get into real estate. I never knew anything about real estate. So when I, when I paid um, Clever Investor back in the day, yeah, they mentored me. Um, no, I mean, it started small, you know, it was just like learning how to do the business, right? Like mm -hmm. doing a deal here and there. It took me nine months to do my first deal. Um, and then once I did my first deal, I was like, dude, I could do this 10,000 more times, you know? So, yeah. um, I always had a big vision, big dreams and, um, and, and I failed a lot along the way, right? Like I would build, 
you know, I've, I've always been built, I've always built teams, right? So I got good at building teams, but, um, before I got good at building teams, I was pretty bad at building teams. So I like, I could build a team, but I couldn't sustain the team. Right. Yeah. And there was a lot of that over the years, you know, I would, I would get 50 people on the team and I'd lose 40. Right. And I would build it up and then it would, it would fall apart and I build it up and it would fall apart, you know? And so, um, I had multiple different business partners over the years. Um, Cody was one of my business partners uh, at one point. So me and Cody were partners for probably like two years. So I bought Cody's Lamborghini, his, la his you know, the white, the white one, the Huracan um, back in the day. Um, but yeah, dude, we, you know, he was one of my partners. I, at, at one point I worked a lot with like Josiah and Hunter before they started Keegley. Um, I worked with Jamil before he started Keegley. Um, and so I was just like kind of one of the OGs. Like I feel like back in the day where there was like wholesaling wasn't really that popular yet. Right. right. Like you had a few people talking about it, but that was about it, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, Josiah and them, they were one of the first companies to build, like, I mean, in my opinion, probably to this day, like they, they, they took wholesaling and took it to a whole nother level, right? right. With Keegley, you they know, it was like it. franchised it, the yeah. whole thing, you know, that them and like Homevestors probably. Right. Yeah. Um, but obviously Homevestors is they're They have a different business model, you know? So, um, yeah, dude, it was, that was kind of my journey. And then, you know, over time, I was like, man, I, I, I wanted to do more than just wholesaling. I didn't want to be known as the wholesale guy. Yeah. So I kind of like, as time went along, I was like, man, like, how do I, like, I want to be an entrepreneur. Right. And I think that like, um, you know, and I don't know good or bad, but you know, there's times where I would like, uh, kind of go and, and, and do another company or another industry. Right. And I realized it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to do another industry. I just wanted to do more. I wanted to do more than just be a wholesaler. Right. Yeah. And that's when I got my real estate license and, and, and I started doing these other things. I started flipping. Um, and now I'm re I really want to take it to the next level. Okay. Yeah. So what, um, what advice would you give to somebody like me? So I have a wholesale team and my, my, my wholesale organization, it's, I've got it to the point where it is an engine that, that spits off cash and I don't need to be involved in it anymore. So I have, uh, right now, I have two acquisitions people who are very good at, they can handle these expensive leads and I know they can convert them. I have a dispositions guy who he can sell our deals all across the country. I have a transaction coordinator and I have an operations manager running the entire thing. Yep. And then we have the VAs who are doing all of our marketing and whatnot. How do I go from there to where you're at now? Like how, do, how are we scaling that up? Great question, bro. I mean, we could sit here for like three or four hours and, and, and have a great conversation and I'd be happy to. I think first and foremost, you have to ask yourself, like, do you want that? Right. Like, you know, I think that um, I, I see so many people nowadays that they they do, and including me. Right. Like you jump into something thinking it's what you want because it's what other people are doing. And then you're like, wait, I don't like, I don't know that I wanted that in particular. Like I wanted that, but like, I don't know that I wanted it to look like that. Right. So it's like, you want the goal, right? We want the target, whatever that target is, like whatever your target is, we all have a goal. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, like my operation, uh, dude, it, it, it's an operation, right? Like it, I don't think that I could leave and go chill and it run perfectly. For, I mean, I, I think it would, but you lose the culture. Like you would yeah. lose, like it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the same, right? Like, would my people continue to grind? Yeah. Like we have a very love, like everybody loves to work there. Um, I've got a lot of, you know, we have four full-time transaction coordinators. We have, you know, 20 people on ACK. 
seven or eight people on dispositions, 41 agents and, and 120 VAs, you know? So like, and then I have five business partners. Like, you know, I've, I do, I have a CFO, COO, CEO, and then I'm the president, you know? So it's turning into an operation, right? Which is dope, which is awesome. I think we could do, um, our, our goal is to do, our goal is to at some point do 24 million a year, just wholesaling. Right. So that's not flipping. It's not retail. It's just wholesaling. You said 24 million, 24 million a year okay. in, in revenue. Right. Um, so 2 million a month, you know, is our goal. Um, and I think we can do that. I think we can do that probably in 2024. I think we'll do half that in 2023. I think we'll yeah. do 12 in 2023. All right. Um, but yeah, dude, it's like, does a person want that? Is wholesaling the end all be all? I don't think so. Um, I think wholesaling is kind of a means to an end to a degree, right? Like, wholesaling's the cash cow I think that gives you the money to go do whatever else you're you want to do right yeah. um so going back to your question I guess like uh how do you do that dude it's just built a massive team bro it's all people yeah it all comes down to people it, you can't do anything big without a lot of people gotcha yeah well so I love I love the you, the answer you gave me is first you got to ask yourself why do you want that yeah. really because the answer is I want that for more money sure but is the scaling the wholesale business is the, that the easiest way to make money right and right. It, I, it beginning to realize that the answer is no. probably not no you know honestly um which is why you see most people like pivot to education or they pivot to masterminds they pivot to courses or they pivot to social media right like you you see people pivot in a lot of different directions mm -hmm. um that started out as wholesalers right, right. And you see it every day and, and we i've seen it for seven or eight years now you know and um people go start a fund or they go get into a different industry i mean like so you have to ask yourself, like, why did they pivot? Right. And I think, yeah. I think they pivot because like making 10 million a year wholesaling is not easy, right? Like it, it takes a lot of work yeah. and, and you can do it right. Like, and, and we'll do it. Um, but you know, it is not for the faint of heart, right? Like you, you know, it is a grind and, uh, in no way, shape or form do I take days off. Like I I'm on all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Yeah, you know? Well, so that's where I think that I've kind of realized is there's, there's something to be said about my organization, where it's at right now. And the fact that it, it gives me the cash to allow me to do these other mm -hmm. things that I do enjoy doing like social media and being able to, you know, do these podcasts and things like that. And I've sort of realized is that, yes, that stuff was very fun for me. And I learned a lot. Like I learned how to become a salesperson. Yeah. I learned how to, to, to cold call people. And that's how I learned like really how to build a business. I learned, okay, we got to systematize things. We got to build processes for everything. We got to have a certain way we do things. I learned how to hire and, and train people. And now I have all those skills, but now I can translate them to all these other different uh, avenues that I, you know, might enjoy more. Yeah. Agreed, bro. And, and that's probably what I would recommend, you know, I mean, just depending on what your goal is, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you just want to make a couple hundred grand a month, like, uh, I don't think making a couple hundred grand a month is, is that difficult. I think you just have to figure out like how you want to go about that. You yeah. know, I've, I've done that. I mean, a couple hundred grand a month is not hard to do, right? It's just like, it's no different than making a couple hundred dollars a month. I mean, it's, it's the same principles, right? You just have, it's just more people, more processes, more infrastructure, you know, it's not like you grinding more necessarily. I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day, right? Right. I think it's you working smarter, not harder, you know, mm -hmm. you got to work hard too, but more importantly, you have to work smart, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think that that's like the, the biggest thing that wholesaling taught me is it changed the way I think about money where it's like 
all of a sudden made 30 grand on one deal and it's like holy shit like if i had a job and i made a hundred dollars an hour how many hours would i have to work to make that it's like i probably spent five or six hours total working on this thing and it just netted me that where it, it made me it it made it turn my idea it turned my brain on to the idea that your the amount of money you make does not have to be directly correlated to the amount of effort you put into Agreed. something yeah. where you can create value in other ways 100% agree. And I think a lot of people don't realize that for a long time, right? A lot of people think, oh, I want to make more money, got to work harder, you yeah. know, and, and that's true, I think, in the beginning, right? I think in the beginning, you do have to work harder to make more money, you know, until you learn that that isn't the only way to do it, right? right. And through trial and error, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And learning how to really leverage other people, mm -hmm. how to how to bring on people, show them the vision and be able to lead them in a direction where everybody can win. Yeah, you're buying time, right? Like when you when you bring on people, you're buying time. You know, you can get 10 people to work eight hours a day. You're working 80 hours a day, right? Yeah. So, you know, you're you're buying time, you're buying leverage um, and you're creating a win win if you do it right. Right. Like if you really do it right. You're actually helping people achieve their goal, right? And their dream, you know, and, and therefore you'll automatically achieve yours if you help enough people achieve theirs. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so this was a limiting belief I had for a really long time is I thought in my head that I'm special because I want all of these things and I have these goals. And in my mind, I didn't think that most people had that when I realized no, everybody does. Everybody is like, wants, you know, all these things for themselves. And as soon as you can make the switch from only worrying about yourself and instead it's how can I make sure that everybody on my team is taken care of or everybody that's underneath me, it, you're going to be so much better yeah. off because one, you have like an entire uh, conglomerate going towards this goal rather than just you yourself. And just as a byproduct, you'll be taken care of. A hundred percent. Yep. I could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I think, um, dude, it's, this world's all about helping people. Like when you make enough money and I'm not there yet where I've made like hundreds of millions of dollars, but I made a lot of money in my life and, and you know, you learn eventually like it ain't going to make you happy. Money's not going to make you happy inherently. Yeah. Right. Like I'm the happiest when I'm helping people, you know, that that's where I get my true fulfillment now. Um, you know, I've been in Nicaragua three times, you know, serving and building houses down there and doing stuff. And I've, I've just, I've done a lot of stuff to, to serve and to help. And that's when I'm, when I'm happy, dude, like when I go buy a new Lamborghini, it honestly is just another day, yeah. you know, like I'm not, I'm not that fired up about it. Well, you know. I think you have to get past this point where most people are stuck in the survive mode where they're just making enough money only so that they can, you know, help themselves and pay the rent and pay for food. So I feel like you have to start being able to make more money. Yeah. to where that stuff is taken care of. I believe that's the the threshold of where money can make you happy. Once sure. everything's taken care of, once you can go to the restaurant and you don't ever, it doesn't matter how much something costs or anything, you're not worried about paying for rent or paying for food. That's the level of happiness where Agreed. money doesn't affect you any, any higher. After I think there's studies on that, right? Like where they talk about after, I think, I don't know the number, don't quote me. It's like a hundred grand or something where like after that amount of money, you're not, they don't measure any additional happiness. Like right. when you make double that, right? Yeah. There, there's like a certain number to it, you know? So I was, I was having a conversation uh, with some of my family about this and they were like, okay, well, well then why are you even trying to make more money? Like if that's the case. And I was like, well, first of all, I've always been a happy person. Like even when I was dead broke in college, I've always been very happy. Like I'm just grateful to be alive. Mm. Now, here's the thing is it's about the chase for me. Mm. It's, it's a fun problem to solve of like, okay, I got to figure out how to make more of these digits in my bank account that show up on the screen. Right. Even yeah. though it's like kind of imaginary, but it's fun to, to chase that into, to have a goal and an objective. 
And then once you get there, there's so many other external benefits. Like you can go to Nicaragua and help. What did you say you're doing? You were out there building, building houses. Yeah. Doing stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I mean, you can do all that. Right. And that's so exciting to me. It is a game though, dude. I, I agree with you, man. Like I think, I think it's like a game of monopoly. I mean, life I think is a game in and of itself, right? Absolutely. Like when you, when you really look at it, you know, um, we're all just playing a game, man. You know, there's levels to this game and, uh, you'll, you'll probably never be at the top level. I mean, like, you know, you're, you're the Jeff Bezos of the world, the Elon Musk of the world, right? Like, um, but it's just a game, man. Like you gotta, and I think when you play the game, you can remove your emotions, right? Like I think people are too emotional and people are too, you know, they're, they're too, um, they get too, they have anxiety and stress and, and they carry around all this baggage, right? They forget that they're playing the game, you know, like, and, and they, they're reactive instead of proactive and they're not, that you know they're they're playing on the defense not the offense and they're you know i see a lot of people do that where like they destroy themselves and i've been there where you know you you your health goes you know down the drain and you've got all in the pursuit of money right like there's a quote one time i read where it's like uh, a lot of people spend the first half of their life trying to you know create wealth and they'll sacrifice their health in order to create the wealth and then they'll spend the second half of their life spending all their wealth to regain their health back right right and it's like it doesn't make any sense like why you know um, and that's why like, I'm trying to, and I see you trying to get in the gym and like, take care of yourself. I'm trying to do the same thing. Right. Because like you, it's just a game, man. Like you can't let the game destroy every other area of your life because then what do you have? Right. right? Like you, you lost the game now. And, and what's the point of it all? Right. If, if you make all this money and you can't like, if you can't even enjoy, if you don't have the, the capacity to go out and do the things you want to. And also, I mean, I, I don't. I don't think that there's there's anything noble in in that being your only pursuit mm-hmm. is money. No, um, I believe uh, I can't remember who said it, but some people are so poor that all they have is money. Mm. When really, yes, that's important because it allows you to take care of people and take care of yourself. But your relationships and your health are going to be way more important than Agreed. anything you can buy. I love that. Yeah, there ain't nothing noble about that. That's a good point. However, um, I do want to know, so people know, people who know me, they know that I am working to go buy a Lamborghini, mm-hmm. that that is something, it's always been a massive goal of mine. I love cars. I love Lamborghinis. Walk me through this first one that you bought yeah, and, and what that was like, how it, how it even happened, because I'm learning that, I mean, just because I have the money to buy something. So for instance, uh, when I first went to go buy, I bought a Porsche 911 Carrera mm-hmm. 2017. Um, and this was like my first like nice car that I bought. And I walked into the dealership and they're like, well, bro, like you're, you're 22 years old. Like you don't have like this other car that you're paying for right now. It was like a, it was a $25,000 Mercedes. They're like, dude, we're we're not going to like, you got to put down a lot of money. So then I had to make more money for down payment so that I could even qualify to get financing. And I'm trying to figure out what's this going to be like when I try and buy my Lambo. Yeah. So how does it work? I mean, so the first one you said, was this a, for your first Lamborghini that you ever bought from, was from Cody or? Yeah, the first Lambo. I had an Audi R8 before that. Um, okay. So that was technically like my first like exotic was the Audi R8, okay. which I bought from Ricky Gutierrez back in like 2017. Okay. Um, and then I sold that and then, uh, yeah. And then I, the Lamborghini was my first Lamborghini, the one I bought from Cody. And then I bought a Urus like uh, last year. Um, but yeah, the Lambo from Cody, I put, uh, 105 grand down on that. 
Okay, and so I've, you just had to write a check for one hundred and five. Okay, and then I think it was like one ten after like all the all the tax title license and, and fees and stuff like that. One ten, maybe one like twelve. Um, so that I paid just in cash, and then I financed like ninety ninety five because I bought it for two hundred. Yeah. So yeah, that's what that one looked like for me. And then my payment was, uh, and I could have bought the whole thing in cash at the time. Um, at the time, like I, I didn't, uh, like I just, I had things that I wanted to put money into. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, and then not only that, like why pay cash, right? Like even if you're big balling, like even nowadays where I, now, dude, I drive, I drove a 2011 Escalade here. Like I, I, now I'm like the, I'm kind of going through a little phase right now where, um, I'm kind of tr- like a minimalist right now. Like yeah. I'm just chilling, you know? Um, and I, and what's interesting about that is I make more money now than I ever have. And I don't care more than I ever have. Right. Like it's an odd thing. You well, know, I, I think that's how it goes. Yeah. I think the wealthiest people in the world really don't care, you know, and I'm not like wealthy by any means, like not like that. But, um, but yeah, as you make more money, you care less. I, but I am a car guy. Like I do, I'm going to buy another car. I've got a big Duramax. I've got a boat. I've, I had two boats last summer. Um, but yeah, dude. So the Lamborghini, I mean, anybody could buy a Lamborghini, right? Like, I mean, you know, you probably need like 50 grand down if you really wanted to get into a Lambo, you know? Um, but then you just have a $5,000 a month payment, you right. know, or more. Right. So, so um, do you have like a rule when it comes to buying things like that about how much money you need to have before you make a purchase or something? Like when it comes to buying a nice car or a boat? Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, it, look, in a perfect world, you're, you're, assets should pump off enough cash flow to cover all of it. Right. Yeah. Um, so you always buy assets first until you can pump off the cash. I think we live in a day and an age though, where there's different reasons you can do different things. Like, I don't think what people were talking about 10 years ago applies a hundred percent today. Right. Like for example, like, um, there was a year where I had a really high tax bill. Right. And if I go buy a 6,000 pound vehicle, then I can write the whole thing off, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, there, there are situations where like, it's like, it would, I would be an idiot not to do that. Right. Right. Or like, uh, marketing, right? Like you look at marketing, you know, um, we live in a day and an age where perceptions reality, right? And I'm not saying go fake a Lambo to, to like sell a course. Like, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying that there is a level of credibility, I think, to having Absolutely. nice stuff, right. And to pulling up at valet and people take you seriously. And especially when you're younger, you know, um, and what is that worth? Like, it's like an intangible, it's an immeasurable ROI, right? Like, what is the ROI on that? I don't know. You know, I can, you can't really measure that ROI, right? But if you can measure the ROI for yourself, right? Like if you can somewhat get an idea of, okay, this car is going to make me money, right? And, and you got to figure out what that would look like for you, you know? So like at the time, like that car made me a lot of money, right? Um, you know, so then I think that there's exceptions to the rule, but I, I don't think anybody should go like spend their life savings on, on a car like that. I mean, I think, you know, there, you just have to be smart about it. I think, you know, yeah. you got to be able to afford it. Right. I, um, hopefully that kind of answers your question. No, it, yeah. it really does. I mean, because, um, here, here's the thing is that I've always like with any like luxury products or anything like that, I know that they're for me and I, I don't ever try and justify them by trying to be like, Oh, well it could be this investment. I'm going to yeah. get this return. Like, I know it's just, it's a nice fucking car and it's for me because I want to have one and it, it's probably not the best finance. Actually, I should say it's definitely not the best <laughs> financial decision because instead of buying that car, I could go buy, I could put the money into an asset. I could go buy a, you know, a house or a building that's going to make me money. Yeah. But at a certain point, 
you don't need more money, mm-hmm. right? So that you can spend on the on the fun toys. And yeah, you can. And you got to have fun. Like, you live one. I think everybody's got to figure it out for themselves, right? Yeah. There are some people where, dude, like, they they're, they have the yellow mentality, right? Like, not everybody has the same goal. Like, I know a lot of people, if they make 200 grand a year, they are fired up, man. I know people that if they can make 100 grand a year for the rest of their life, they are completely happy, like, legitimately happy, right? Like, they don't desire any more than that, you know? So, um, like, depending on what your goals and stuff are too, right? Like now, my goals are to acquire eventually a lot of real estate, right? And and build more companies and, and do like really big stuff. Um, so like for me, I'm in a situation now where it's like, do I want the Huracan or do I want the freaking P1? Like, you know, and so um, like I'm willing to delay the gratification further down right. the road, to go make a really big dent in the world. Cause I've had three exotic cars and I've had 15, you know, luxury vehicles, you know, the, like a hundred grand. Right. And then three cars that were over 200 grand, you know, or almost 300 grand, you know? So, um, I think I've like, I think once you, do, you got to do it though. Like you got to do it. Like yeah. at some point you have, you'll have to do it because, uh, I remember being your age and, and like I, I had to, I'm glad I did it. Right. Like I'm really glad I did all that. Uh, because I learned so much. You learned so much, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing is that there's always going to be, you know, as you have a goal or something, you have one thing you're chasing, but as you get there or you get close to getting there, you're going to notice other shit you want. Like for me, like this watch, like I, I fucking loved watches and I was like so excited to get a Rolex and now I get it. And yes, I love the watch, but I don't ever, I don't, I barely fucking think about yeah. it. Like it doesn't change my life or affect me yeah. in any other way. And I know that the Lamborghinis can be the same way after a couple of weeks. I mean, it depends on how long it lasts for you. For me, it didn't last very long. Yeah. Yeah. Like a week at the most. Well, so Nick Saban and then says, it became normal, you know? Nick, Nick Saban says like, if you want to be happy for an hour, uh-huh. like eat a really good meal. If you want to be, uh, if you want to be happy for a month, go buy a new car. And if you want to be happy for life, um, you have to like do your best at something. Like, mm-hmm. You have to work really hard. And that's, that's not exactly what it is, but something along yeah. that measure. And it really is. You know that it's, it's the difference between pleasure and happiness. Sure. Is yes, you'll get the pleasure from buying the car, and that'll be nice, but it's not going to make you happy. No, no. But you got to do it. Absolutely. When the time's right, I would do it yeah. if I were you. you know? But get a good deal. I mean, if you can get a good deal. I made money on both the Lamborghinis. Yeah. Um, not a lot of money, but I made money. I didn't lose money on those cars. I actually... Which is kind of crazy, right? Because every luxury car I've ever owned, I've lost a ton of money, right? Yeah. Like every Mercedes I've ever owned, I've lost money. Every BMW I've ever owned, I've lost money. Every every like eighty to hundred thousand dollar car I've ever owned, I've lost a bunch of money because they just I put I put a lot of miles on them, right? Yeah. Um, and then I go buy these exotic cars and I make money, right? So it is it is a game you can play, and if you do it right, you're not really. There is no, uh, I mean, there's always risk involved, right? Like you, you get in a crash or something happens, right? But really, if you buy a car like that, right, you really can't lose money, in my opinion, as long yeah. as you do your homework. Well, is what I'm going to do is I'm going to treat it the same way I do uh, to find these houses that I buy, is instead of just going to the market... And, and seeing what, what they got out there at the dealership is I'm going to start reaching out directly to people. Yeah. I'm going to go direct to seller on it. Yeah, I'm going to be like, hey, I see that car. You want to sell it? I'm going to figure out the same way. of how. But it's got to be the same, right? I'm sure that there's somewhere I can pull data and I can just start reaching out to these people and marketing to them that way. For sure. And, you know, I'm going to start offering them terms and things like that, right? Yeah, bro. Everything I've learned from what I've done in wholesaling my real estate investing career 
can transfer over. Yep. You know, these skill sets are transferable. A hundred percent, man. And I agree, dude. I think you, if you make, just make offers, right? Like it, I think a lot of people, they go to the market, like you said, they fight, they see the first Lamborghini in the, in the color combo that they want. And then they just pay whatever that person's asking, right? It's mm -hmm. like, dude, make, get 10, 20 offers out there, you know, right. find the guy that's motivated to sell it, right? Exactly. Like find the dude that needs to get out of that car and get it for 20 or 30 grand or 40 grand below market value, you know, and, and buy that car. Who cares about that? I didn't want a red Yaris when I bought the Yaris. I did, dude, I almost didn't buy it. Like at the time, looking back, I, I, the red was dope, right? Now that I owned it, I was like, yeah, that's a badass car. It was. But, but at the time, bro, when I went to buy that car, I was dead set against not buying it. I had a white one that I wanted. It was white on black, right? And with like a red, like red and black interior. And, uh, and that was my car. Like that was the one I was buying. I had already, um, I had already signed some documentation and stuff. The, the car was coming from Portland and uh, long story short, the car felt, it fell apart, right? Like the deal fell apart because, um, I can't remember what happened exactly, but he, something happened with the car where he, he, he bought the car from somebody and he didn't get the right title or something with the car. I can't remember, but anyways, the deal fell apart, right? I'm like, oh man. And at this point I was already committed to buying the Urus. I was like, dude, like I'm buying the Urus, right? Like mm -hmm. in my brain, I'm no, like, yeah, you got that idea yeah. in there. And, uh, and so then I went to luxury auto collection. Um, and I know a bunch of the guys down there and I started looking around and they had this red Urus, right? And dude, I literally kid you not, I test drove it. It was, and they had it at a great price. It was like a great, for whatever reason, it was just a great deal. Right. And, uh, dude, I test drove it. And I remember telling my, my buddy I was with, I was like, dude, I don't, I don't think I could do the red man. Like I, cause I was so dead set on the white, you mm -hmm. know? And he's like, we'll wrap it. And I was like, no, red's a tough color to wrap. Right. Cause you have the door jams and everything. Uh -huh. And red is, is a bright red's a tough color to wrap, you know? And, um, and I'm like, no nah, dude. And I left. Like I, I, I left that day and I, I could have, you know, bought it and, and I left and then, um, and then I texted a bunch of people and I was like, dude, like, what do you think? What do you think? And dude, believe it or not, like everybody told me like, don't do it for whatever reason at the time, everybody I was asking was like, nah, the, you're going to get tired of the red. Like, don't do the red, like find a black one or a white one or something, you know, then you can wrap it. Yeah. And, um, and the next morning I woke up and I texted my, my buddy at LAC. I was like, I was like, write up the paperwork. Bro. Let's do it. I was like, <laughs> I'm on my way, you know? And, uh, like, t like a half hour later I bought it. And then, um, and I ended up really liking it actually. Well, yeah. I mean, so that, that, that's the car. That's how I found you on social media yeah. was I saw that car yeah. and I was like, oh man, I was like, this guy's got it going on. <laughs> that was a dope car, dude. I paid, uh, I paid two seventy seven five. And I sold it, I think, for like two eighty five when I ended up selling it. So that's and, so gangster. And I put a lot of miles on it too. I owned yeah. it for quite a while. Yeah, I put well, probably like ten thousand miles on it at least, it which goes, is a lot on a car like that. Absolutely, and it goes to show that if you buy things right, like you can make money. You can. So, yeah. so this is where wholesaling is is such a great thing for a beginner to get into because it teaches you number one, it changed my psychology of how I thought about money. Number two, it showed me how to build a business. It was a very good entry entry level, like a, a, where somebody can come in and they can learn how to build a business. And number three is it taught me how to spot motivation and find people who are motivated and how to leverage that to get good deals. Mm. And this transfers over to other parts of that. life. 
I couldn't agree more, dude. I think wholesaling is a phenomenal industry for people um, that are younger, that want to get into business. I think there's a million routes you can go, right? You see people go to life insurance. You see people go, you know, all these different directions. And I'm like, dude, like get into wholesaling, right? Like do wholesaling for a while, you know? Um, you learn so many different things. I, I completely agree. And I think it makes you a well-rounded entrepreneur if you do it right. Yeah. Yeah. So my next level is, so I told you, I, I had this goal and the goal that was in my head was I want to get to a million dollars a month in assignment fees. Yep. And um, then I realized from having conversations with people just like yourself who said the exact same thing of, well, you want that because you want more money. Is that the best way to do it? And I realized, okay, it's probably not, is I do want more money and there are going to be other ways within real estate that I'm going to be able to get after that. So I decided, all right, I'm going to start buying real estate mm. and that's how I'm going to go get more money. So now I hear you talking that you want to start a fund yeah. and you want to start really buckling down and buying a lot of real estate. I do. What's, what's the investment plan here? I'm, I'm going back and forth. I, you know, long-term we'll probably do and by long-term, I mean a year, two years, you know, we'll, we'll probably have multiple funds, okay. um, and that, that do different things. So like, you know, at some point I'll probably have, um, you know, probably have like a fund for, for like multifamily, um, you know, I think right now I'm contemplating actually doing, having a little fun, nothing big, big time, but doing like a hundred Airbnbs. Yeah. Um, the market is a little saturated right now, but I do believe if you buy the right house and you do it right, like it's an Airbnb is all about like doing it right. Like yeah. you gotta like, it's do, an experience. It's, yeah. And you got to create that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of other Airbnbs on the market, but people are booking based on the photos. Right. So like, what do your photos look like? You know, what is that experience? Like, what did you create for that? Right. Right. Um, so I'm thinking about doing that, uh, and raising capital. I know for a fact I could raise money, no problem, you know? Um, and then I want to raise money for just a uh, single family portfolio too. Yeah. Multifamily. I, I'd love to do storage at some point. Yeah. So I got to figure out what I want to do first. I've already sat down with attorneys and, and stuff and I've talked about, you know, getting the fun going, you know, and I, I've, I've got all of that, um, dialed in. So it's just a matter of figuring out what I'm going to do. 2023 though, for sure. I'll have okay. a fund. Yeah. So, um, one thing like it, one thing you said just now is like, I'm going to have no problem raising the money. Mm -hmm. So I assume that you're going to already, you already have a network of, of private investors and things like that who are, I'm sure funding some of these other projects you're doing. But, um, is some of that confidence coming from also the fact of your personal brand where it's like, you can start talking about this and you're going to, it's going to fall on the right ears. Yeah. So believe it or not, I've never raised a dollar. Um, oh, really? So everything that I've ever done in my entire life from every company I've ever built, ev the office, every piece of equipment that I own is 100% paid in cash by me. Oh, no shit. Um, and it didn't come from money. I grew up in my grandparents' garage. So, yep, never raised a dollar in my life. I've gotten hard money on a couple of fix and flip projects and then obviously paid the hard money loan back, you know, but that's it, right? So I've never raised any money um, ever. And, uh, and I'm ready to change that, you know? Um, yeah, I think it is, dude. I think, like, you, you get to a point, man, where... I just know so many freaking people. Yeah. I, I know so many people, number one. Um, and then number two, I've got a track record. Like if I really wanted to show people like what I've done, dude, like it would be, I could show you a freaking PDF. It's going to be know, a like, goddamn yeah, Harry Potter it, book. It, it really would. I mean, for my age at least, right? Obviously there's people that have done way more. Um, but for my age and what I've done, I've done a lot of business. I've done it with a lot of integrity. Um, I've never, I've never screwed nobody over, you know? And, um, and so I just don't think it'll be hard to raise money, bro. I don't, I really don't. I think like, 
I think I could freaking post about it on my social media. Mm-hmm. I think I could just go scroll through my contacts in my phone and just start calling people. Right. I think in 10, 10 phone calls, I'd have whatever amount of money I needed, you know? So I, th- this is something where I was feeling the same way as I started learning about, you know, some things and I, and I was trying to figure out same thing where I'm trying to figure out, okay, what asset class do I want to mm-hmm. go to? What is going to be my business plan with these? And, but I just had this like blind sense of confidence. Like, I right, look, I'll find the deal. Yeah. The money will come. hundred percent. But I also feel like that's just something that where, you know, guys like us, entrepreneurs, is we just know that we'll figure out a yeah, way to you get have it done. Con- we, have, we believe, right? We just believe, man. And I think I think that belief is so crucial. It's not, and it's not ego, like for people listening or whatever, like, I, you know, I think there's a difference between confidence and like ego, right? Definitely. Like I'm, I'm not egotistical at all in real life. Um, I'm really humble. Sometimes I'm too humble. Like I actually am like, I got to, I got to, I, I'm hard on myself, like yeah. so much to the point where like, I, you know, I've got to actually force myself to, to believe. Um, but dude, I just believe, man. Like I just believe, you know, I believe, I believe that anything I put my mind to, I can accomplish. Right. Right. I don't believe that I can do it without failure. Like it's not some like crazy belief of, of, Oh, I could do it with no problems or I could do it without failing along the way. No, of course I know I'm going to fail. I know there's going to be problems. I know people are going to tell me no. I know I'm going to get rejected. I just believe that I have the perseverance to keep going. Absolutely. Right? Like that's that's where my belief comes from because you can't I won't stop. Like where the other guy will stop. You know, mm-hmm. he'll give up, he'll quit. Like I won't quit, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it, to me is I I think it's just that you have to look at yourself and believe that you're that guy who will figure it out. 100%. Like I'm just like, dude, I'm that guy and if, and if I don't know how to do it, you know what? I've got all of these resources. I've got the internet. I've got this network of people. I'll reach out to and I'll figure out a way to make it happen. Absolutely. What what asset class would you do if you raise capital like right now? So right now I'm thinking multifamily. Yeah. Um, I, I hear all kinds of people talking about the TREP report and all these bridge loans that, that, were, that were given out in uh, 2020 and 2021 where people were buying these assets uh, with these bridge loans with the expectations to refinance at the the sub four percent rates that they were getting back in those years Mm -hmm. and now all these bridge loans are coming due obviously interest rates have doubled or tripled and they're going to be in a bad spot that's going to shake up the entire market leading people to believe there's going to be a lot of opportunity yeah i believe that now i i was like okay that makes sense to me um but the main reason of why i like multifamily and why i'd want to get into it is because that aligns with my vision Mm of myself. Like when I think of like myself and the person I want to be, yes, it would be exciting to own a bunch of single family houses. Mm -hmm. But what I really see myself as is the guy who owns a bunch of apartment buildings. Like I would like to be able to drive by a massive 500 unit community and be like, yeah, I house all of those people. I provide them with a safe, clean place to live and I take care of it. And that would be something that would bring me a lot of joy. It aligns with my vision for myself. Yeah. And, and, and it makes sense, right? I mean, multifamily is always a game that I think everybody should play eventually if they want to go big, um, because it is the thing you play when you want to go big. I mean, it's either that or you're a developer Mm -hmm. or you get into storage or you like, but in some way, shape or form, it's, it's big projects. I mean, you look at the Manny Koshman's of the world, you look at the, the Grant Cardone's of the world, you know, the Donald Trump's of the world, right? Like, I mean, what do they all do? What do they all have in common? They're doing big projects, right? Like big, sure. They do a single family here and there. But they're all doing big, massive projects, mm-hmm. you know, because that's where the you can make a bigger amount of money at one time. Right. Right. Because at some point it comes down to like, OK, you're going to live to be 80, 90, 100. You know, I'm going to live to be 80, 90, 100. If we get both get lucky and nothing bad ever happens to us. Right. So you, you get to a point where you're like, OK, man, like, dang, if I want to be a billionaire, like I got to figure out a way to condense time. 
right? Like I don't, there's not enough time to do that, right? Like there's only enough time to do that. If I, I gotta, I gotta swing bigger because if I keep going at the rate I'm going, even with compound interest, like I can't be a billionaire, right? right. So it's like, it goes back to, I, you know, if, if, if you live to be 500 years old or a thousand years old, anybody could become a billionaire, right? Mm -hmm. But the, the problem is, is time. It's like, we don't have enough time to accomplish it. Yes. So, and, and that's where you have to start looking at, okay, well then how can I, how can I do it bigger now and then compound these bigger results so that I can do it by the time I'm 40, yes. right? Or whatever the case is. Dude, that's exactly what I was feeling. And I, I had this, I was like, fuck you. I mean, I'm 24 years old. So it's kind of like, oh shit, like, can I be doing this at this age? And then I realized, bro, somebody is going to buy these places. Yeah. Why not me? Like 100%. somebody is going to do these deals. Why can't it be me? Yep. And it doesn't matter how old I am or what. I mean, the thing is, look, I'm going to be that guy. And if I don't know how to make it happen, I'm going to learn how to and we'll get there along the way. But yeah. you're absolutely right. There's only so much time. And I do have a goal that, that starts with, you know, being a billionaire with a B. Yeah. And I can't do that by playing small. You can't. No, you can't at all. You know, so and I think at some point you just have to run, you know, and you've got to figure it out. And that's what, dude, that's what we've always done our whole lives. Like somewhere along the way we get in our, in our head that like we can't fail. Right. And I think it's the school system and it's everything in the world, but it's like, dude, like you learned how to walk, right? Like you didn't give up. You just, you just kept standing up and you'd fall mm -hmm. over and your parents and everybody look at you and you just kept doing it until you learn how to walk. You never said like, ah, walking's not for yeah, me. No. Right. You know? And so it's the same thing, dude. I think as we get older, it's like, well, what do you want out of life? Like, what do you really want to accomplish? Oh, you want to accomplish big stuff. Okay, cool. Well then you got to do what you did when you learned how to walk. You've got to just stand, you just got to start doing it, right? Because I think people get in their own head. They're like, man, but I, and they, they look at all the little nitty gritty stuff that they don't know, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know what contract to use. I don't know, I don't know who to call. I, I don't know how to calculate the, the, the NOI. I don't know how to, whatever it is. I mean, they got all the reasons under the sun as to why right. they can't do it, right? And it's like, well, you can't let that paralyze you. You just yep. have to move, right? You have to go. You know, yep. there's only one way to learn. YouTube is great until a certain point. And then at a point, you got to just take action. Yep. Yeah. And I, I caught myself doing that because I came through. Um, I took Cody Sperber's multifamily course. And I went through and I learned all of that. And then I, my next initial thing after doing that, I was like, okay, I want to take this course on underwriting and start doing that. And I was like, well, we'll hold up. Uh, why am I just worried about learning? I need to start doing. Yeah. And so then I was like, no, fuck that. I'm going to start actually, I'm going to make moves here. And I started calling brokers and I started, you know, underwriting deals just myself and just trying and doing these things. And at first it was scary. And I did get that, that, that feeling where it's like, oh, fuck this, this is going to be hard. Yeah. And, um, but it's, it's always harder in your head. And once you start doing it, you realize it's not that difficult. Agreed. And that's the best way for me to learn yep. is when I'm actually underwriting these, these deals and then I, I screw something up and I reach out to somebody and I ask them where, and then they show me, but then that makes me really remember it. Not listening to some dude talk about it on his computer, underwriting some imaginary deal yep. for five hours. 100% agree. Yep. And everybody needs to hear that, bro. Everybody needs to hear like whatever, whether, whether it's wholesaling or multifamily or being an agent or being a realtor or whatever it is that you're trying to do, like at some point, probably the point's probably right now, right? Like you just have to stop watching the video and you just have to go out and do it. Yes. Like make the phone call, like stand up, go knock on the door, like do whatever you got to do, bro. But you have to take action. Action is the only way you'll ever see the result. That's uh, half the advice I give to people who send me a DM about something is bro, just go do it. Like why stop worrying about all that. Just go do that thing. Yep. Just go make the phone call. 
and see what happens. Like, 100%. Do that first instead of worrying about having every little thing figured out along the way. Agreed, bro. Agreed. Everybody needs to hear it. So what is the best way to get somebody to understand that, to, to understand that you need to stop that people, hey, what are the best books that, that you can recommend for learning how to do this? Yeah. It's like, well, the best book, it, stop reading books. I mean, yes, there's a time and place, and that's amazing, but if you want to do that, let's think about the end result in mind with, that, with anything. Think about what it is you're wanting to accomplish and then figure out the way, then you write reverse engineer from there. Yeah. And step number one, and most of the time, is not open up a book. It's, all right, you got to start doing something. You got to start talking to some person yeah. or some kind of action. Well, I think everything's people. I think we live in a world where you can't get anything without another human being involved for the most part. I mean, really with anything, right? I mean, think about it. You want to get a friggin' cheeseburger. Somebody else has got to, you, you need the help of somebody yeah. else. If you go to In-N-Out, there's like 10 people involved that are going to make that burger for you, right? Right. If you go to the grocery store, there's multiple people that are going to check you out. And there's a lot of people that got that burger to the grocery store. So I think you have to learn how to communicate with people. People ha have what you want. A mentor told me a long time ago, he said, Austin, if the people you already knew had what you wanted, whatever your goal was, and I can't remember what my goal was at the time, right? My goal was to make a hundred grand or whatever. He's like, if, if the, your network right now had your hundred grand, it would already be in your bank. He's like, the people you know right now clearly don't have your money. He's like, you've got to go meet new people. New people have your money, right? People you don't know yet, right? And, and so I think, I think no matter what it is that you're trying to do, it applies to anything. You've got to go meet people, right? And, and that could look like a million different things depending on what it is you're trying to achieve, right? So it could be you got to knock on people's doors. It could be you got to cold call people. It could be you got to message people on social media. It could be you got to go to a networking event, right? It could be you got to hire a mentor. But some, some other human being on planet Earth has either the knowledge or the money or the relationship or the connection or whatever it is that you're looking for and they can give it to you once you build a relationship with them and you shake their hand then you get to know them right so i think no matter what that person's doing right now books are great but unless you can reach out to the author of the book and go shake his hand or her hand then maybe put the book down for now like you said until you, you make enough money to where then there, there's a new phase where learning and evolving and, and gaining knowledge and wisdom will be good for you again. Because then you maybe you're the visionary and you need to contribute big ideas to a company or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you got to go learn from, from people and books and stuff are good for that, right? Um, but I think in the beginning, bro, it's just who do I have to meet? Yeah. Right? And how many people do I have to meet every day? You know, it, it, uh, all my agents, I tell them every day, I'm like, you got to meet 25 new people a day. Right. Like every day of your life, you have to meet 25 new people. Like, dude, think about this, bro. Like, what if that was your standard? Right. Like you had to meet 25 new people a day. Right. And temp, I think, talks about this. But it's like, dude, you have a stand. You, we all have standards. Right. You don't walk out of the friggin house in the morning without brushing your teeth, do you? Mm -hmm. You don't. You, you have a standard. Right. We have standards. I don't walk out naked. I have a standard. I got to have clothes on my body. Right. So what if your standard was I got to meet 25 new people every day of my life? Mm -hmm. It's just a standard that I have. Right. And, and let's say seven o'clock at night rolls around. I've only met 22. Then I'm going to go freaking walk through Target and, and until I meet three more people, right? Like it's, I think, dude, I think people just overcomplicate the hell out of it, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Dude, something that just kind of clicked for me is I love the way you think about it of meet 25 new people, that that's the standard you have for your agents. Yep. It's not, oh, have 25 conversations mm -hmm. or anything like that, but it's rather you are meeting a person. Yeah. And that's something that I, 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 I've never even thought of like that. Like instead of people, like instead of just thinking that somebody is like, Hey, you need to like, that's a hot lead. That's a person yep. that you are meeting and building a relationship with. 
So simple, bro. I was at Costco the other day with my fiance and um, I was like backing my truck into the Costco parking lot to buy like a TV. And, uh, and, and this like old guy backs up next to me, you know, and I, I'm the kind of guy where like, if you go in public with me, I talk to everybody. Right. And, um, it's like 55 year old dude probably backs like a Ford F-150 up. And I can't remember why, but I, he got out of his truck and I said, I said, Hey, how's it going? Like ha- happy, some beautiful weather, huh? You know, he's like, yeah, gorgeous. You know, I'm like, wow. And, um, I'm like, what do you do for a living? And he's like, uh, he's like, well, I just developed a, a sub this is in North Scottsdale where I just randomly start talking to a guy. Right. And I do it all the time. And he's like, well, I actually, um, I'm a developer. He's like, I developed a whole subdivision in the East Valley not too long ago. I was like, no way. I'm a real estate, I'm, I'm a real estate guy, right? I'd love to get to know you. We ended up talking for like 10 minutes in the parking lot. I got his number, right? I'm like, dude, this would be a great relationship. We could do Absolutely. stuff together, right? It, dude, I think it's just everywhere you go, like you have to have that mindset, bro. Like everybody wants to go through the Starbucks drive through so you can't get to meet nobody that way, mm-hmm. right? Like get out of the car and walk into Starbucks and stand in line, right? Oh. Like, why do you want the convenience of going through the drive-thru? You're shooting your goals in the, in the foot, right? Like, you're not going to achieve your goals. Go in the Starbucks. Like, there's somebody in there that you need to meet, right? And you're not going to meet them if you don't go inside, right? Like, stand in line and get your dang coffee. Like, park in the parking lot. There, look at how much more opportunities you have to meet somebody if you do that as opposed to driving through the drive-thru. Absolutely. You know? And this is twofold. You're absolutely right. People are shooting themselves in the foot every single day because they are going to the drive-thru and they're ordering on Uber Eats and they're getting Instacart and they're not going to the grocery store, going to the restaurant, going to the coffee stop, the coffee shop. And then the second part is you need to open your eyes and start becoming a person. Mm -hmm. Stop looking at your phone and realize there's all these other people around you that you can talk to. Yes, I know you have the people right here that you already know that you're talking to and that's comfortable. But geez, people are social creatures. They want to talk to you and and meet other people. Like, like it's... Because this is this was a hard thing for me, too, is I was like, dude, I mean, I don't know. It, it's uncomfortable at first. But once you get used to just talking to everybody you come in contact with and being a person, this is what I say is like being a main character, not being an NPC, mm-hmm. is actually having real conversations with the, the people you interact with on a daily basis where it's not just transactional. It's not just, yeah, fine, card, give me the thing. But it is having a conversation Agreed. with them. And not every single person is going to be somebody who just developed a subdivision in, in North Scottsdale or whatever. No. And, but that's not the expectation. No. It's more so of my expectation is I at least want to be able to make you smile. For sure. Right. And it starts there and you never know where that can lead you. Yep. But every relationship's valuable. Absolutely. And I don't think like, dude, the soccer mom that makes 80 grand a year, like there's real, there's value in having that relationship, right? Like, trust me, there is, you know, and I don't know what that value depends on what the person does for a living. Right. Um, that, that you're, you know, what your, what your goals are when you're going out into the world, meeting people, but you can always turn relationships into gold, right. And you, and value can go both ways. You can provide them value and they can provide you value, you know? So I just don't think you can achieve anything in this world without people. Absolutely. I, I, I don't, I, I struggle with the day and age we live in where people, I, I see people all the time. I'm going to make like videos on my, on my YouTube channel soon. Uh, and my like TikTok and Instagram and stuff like walking through my office and like talking about like, I'm going to like walk by like my admin at the front. Right. And I'm gonna be like, there's a Lamborghini. And I'm going to like walk into my office and, and walk by like my other two admins and be like, there's two Lamborghinis, you know? And I'm just going to like show, cause I think we live in a day and an age where people, I see a lot of people who have drive a Lambo and they work out of their living room on their MacBook, right? And and they're in Miami, you know? And like, that's not entrepreneurship. You could probably, I I think the most you're gonna be able to make is maybe a hundred grand, maybe a million a year. If you're like Ricky Gutierrez, you're a freaking day trader that just murders the gaming. You've been doing it for 10 years. 
Maybe you could do that by yourself, right? But I mean, 99.99999% of the time, if you want to achieve anything great in life, it's going to take a lot of people, yeah. right? And so like, dude, you got to get out of your friggin' apartment. Like go get an office space, like, go somewhere, be somewhere like, you know, and, and, and meet people, bro. Absolutely. And hire people eventually and, and have people work for you and create jobs in the marketplace. You know, mm-hmm. it's my opinion. Dude, and you know, so something that, that is kind of a, a theme here that we haven't really delved into is just being able to communicate with people. Yep. Um, I heard somebody say that so many people mess up the most baseline part of communication, which is just speaking English. Mm-hmm. You hear people talk, you hear myself talk, and a lot of it's, mm, uh, they, right? People don't know how to talk. Yeah. And so something I've been trying to work on is being a very effective communicator and seriously thinking about what I'm about to say and is this, like, what point is I, am I trying to get across and why? Mm. So many times I've been realizing like, I'm just talking on autopilot. <laughs> yeah. But with conversations like these, I'm able to be super intentional because I know that we're just extracting so much value out of you and you have so much to give the world and, and that's what we're doing. But in everyday life, I need to think about everything I say, the power it has when I'm talking to my team members or when I'm talking to somebody on Instagram or whatever it is, be very intentional about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And the power it has like behind it. I think a lot of people are bad communicators. You know, um, I agree, man. I think that you have to be a good and effective communicator. You have to be able to articulate yourself. I think especially if you want to be a leader and a visionary, right? I, for a long time, I struggled to articulate my dream or my goal to my team, right? And I think you've got to get, if you want to build a phenomenal culture, your team has to buy into your vision and your dream, right? Well, they can only buy into your vision and your dream if you can articulate it, right? Like how can you get an integrator to integrate on a visionary's dream if the visionary can't very clearly articulate what he wants to be integrated, right? Like what, what SOP, what system, what process, what are you talking about, right? And I think you have to be able to, that's all goes back to what you're talking about, which is effective and good communication, right? Like, Hey, I'm going to, we're going to do a one hour meeting. And in this meeting, here's what we're going to go over. And I got to be able to clearly articulate myself so other people can walk out of the meeting and be like, man, I know exactly what I have to do. Right. Right. So I agree, man. I think people got to work on that for sure. And I'm not the best communicator in the world, um, but I've gotten a lot better over the years. Well, that's, it's another reason why wholesaling has helped me because with wholesaling for most people, when you start out is you got to learn sales Mm -hmm. and sales is just communication. So it's the, it's being able to communicate an idea to somebody and allow people to see things your way. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Dale Carnegie wrote a book called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Have you, have you read that one? one? Yeah. I, that's in every single year. Yeah. Like that is one of my standards. Every single year I'll read that book. Phenomenal book. Yep. I and think it says on like the first page that you, you're supposed to leave it on your desk and reread it every so often. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, so the first time I, yeah, it's, the, it's that book. The first time it says the first time you read this, you need to read the chapter and then go back and read it again every mm-hmm. single time. And I did do that the first time I read it. Yeah. But I remember, dude, every single time I read that book, like it just reminds me of like how to be such like an exciting and good person. And I, I forget about it. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of that is it talks about like who's everybody's best friend immediately. And it's dogs. Mm. It's because they're just happy to see you. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are or why. They're just happy you're there and they're happy yeah. to see you. And yeah. you as a person can be the exact same way. And guess what? You do that, everybody's going to like you. hundred percent, bro. There's a quote one time. It doesn't have anything to do with what we're saying. But I heard like, uh, lock your, put your dog and your girlfriend or your wife or fiance or whatever in the trunk of your car for like a couple hours. And open the trunk and see which one's happy to see you. 
Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know I mean? like the dog. <laughs> you know. Right. It doesn't matter what. Yeah. Anything. That's funny. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, uh, the, your significant other ain't gonna be happy to see no. you. You know. Yeah. S- speaking of which, congratulations. I appreciate that, man. Uh, so Austin was just barely engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about that. Cool, cool experience, bro. Um, I met her a little over a year ago, year and year and a few months ago. Um, a, a mutual friend introduced us. We met at church, um, and you know, just a phenomenal relationship ever since. Um, and you know, uh, I knew she was the one. So, uh, gotta put put a ring on the finger, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So, me and you have already talked about this, but uh, I believe it's so important as like a high achieving man to have you know this excellent support system in a woman mm. and something like that. Uh, how do you feel that that your fiance helps you and all the things that you're after and all of your big goals? Yeah, bro. Great question. Um, well, she helps me literally, um, as long as like, or as, uh, you know, like she actually is like my creative director, right? Mm-hmm. So she's in my business. Um, she's, she does, she wears a bunch of different hats, right? She, she does a bunch of different stuff. Um, but then she also helps you like metaphorically too, right? Like mentally, you know? Um, I think a good girl will, anytime you see, I think a great man or woman, there's typically a great man or woman behind them, right? Yep. That you typically don't see. Right. And I, and I do believe that a hundred percent. I think for a lot of reasons, that's the case, right? You see single people waste a lot of time, right? Think of, think of a single entrepreneur that makes a lot of money. What do they do every night and weekend? Clubs, clubs and bars, right? Yep. Trying to find the girl, you know, how much time is that? You talk about a waste of time and money, Right. right. Imagine a high-performing entrepreneur that has a lot of money that already has the girl at home waiting for him. He's not wasting time or money to go try to find the girl. The girl's already waiting at home. So what can he do more of? He can work harder, right? He could stay at the office an extra hour. He, he's not hung over the next day. He's not whatever, right? So um, I think that just generally speaking, like the, the statement is true that if you find the right man or the right woman mm-hmm. and you could just do life with them, right? And you don't got to waste a decade trying to find that person. Like if you could just find that person, right? Then I think you're, you're way better off. Um, but it has to be the right person, bro. Absolutely. Like, it, you know, I've been in bad relationships as I'm sure you have, you know, and uh, man, there, there's a big difference between a, a bad relationship and a good relationship. Absolutely. You know? And, um, and I didn't think that, uh, you know, if had you asked me two years ago, if I would be engaged right now, I would, I would, I, I wouldn't have said, yeah. I mean, I'd have been like, no, dude, there, there ain't no way, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was engaged when I was like, when I was like 21 yeah. um, to a different woman and it was the wrong, wrong woman, wrong relationship, you know? Um, and I was engaged for 90 days and I broke it off, yeah. you know? So, um, been there, done that. And I knew what I was looking for when I were to ever do that again. Right. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it one more time. Yeah. And then I'm not doing that again. Right. Um, and, and she was in the same boat, dude. She was married before. So she knew what she, she, she knows what she was looking for. Right. Yeah. Um, and so it just ended up working out Yeah, and I'm excited for the future. Um, one thing that I, I think is important to note here is also when, when you're looking at, at the right, the right person, whether it's the right man, the right woman, is you need to, same thing with everything, you envision the exact person that is you're looking for and then reverse engineer from there. Where would this person hang out? Because for a lot of people, they don't imagine the, the, this perfect person, like especially I see this a lot with girls, and I know guys are guilty too, but a lot of girls, they like, right, they, they have this, this man of their dreams and it's like, well, why are you looking for that guy in the club? Because hmm. that's not where you're going to find that guy that I think that, that you're looking for. Right where so so you were able to you were able to you guys met mm-hmm. at church, mm-hmm. 
right? And yeah. and I know that that's one of your core values. So obviously that's the you know the kind of community where you want to be looking for for you know this person to 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 rock life with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. I think dude, you make a phenomenal point. Um, one hundred percent. Right. You gotta you gotta, <laughs> you know, people they're like, dude, I, they have a real toxic relationship, right? And it's like, well, where'd you meet? And they're like, at friggin' riot house. I'm like, yeah. well, that, that's <laughs> that's your problem, right? Um, but I think, dude, also like. Um, you know, somebody told me one time, take a pen and a paper, right? And, and write down, uh, all of the qualities of the person that you're looking for. Okay. So if, you know, you're looking for a girl, obviously you're not, but if somebody's watching and they're looking for a man or a woman, write down all, what are all those qualities? What are the non-negotiables? Like, what are you looking for in a person, right? Mm -hmm. In a partner. Okay. Cause it's a partner. I look at a relationship as a partner. We're not just, it's not just a monogamous relationship, but that's part of the equation, right? The other part of the equation is we're partners. You got to be my freaking rock. We got to support each other. Cause it ain't all, we're not just going to be doing lovey dovey crap all the time. Right. Like I'm trying to go buy a jet and change the world. Like you, we got to be, we're partners here too. Yeah. Right. So, okay. What are all the qualities that I'm looking for in a relationship? Now, um, really think that through, right now think about it. Okay. What, if I found that person on that piece of paper that had all those qualities, what qualities would that person be looking for in their person? Now you got to go become that bro. Right. Like that's your mission now. Now you have a list of qualities that you now have to go become. If you, if you're not those qualities, then what the hell makes you think you're going to be able to attract that person? Right. It's not going to work, man. So I think people have to slow down too. like, if you are in the beginning stages of, 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 you know, b maturing and, and whatever, you know, I think you have to spend time on yourself, right? Like it took me, I probably wasn't ready back when I was 21. Right. I mean, I know she wasn't the right person regardless. Um, but I wasn't ready either. You know, it, I needed another five or six or seven years, uh, to, to really watch more podcasts and read more books and go to more seminars and talk to more people and go through life more, right. And learn more about myself and what I wanted and what, I wanted my life to look like before I was ready, right? I think people jump into it too soon, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I love the idea of having a plan. I feel like with so many things, people do not have a plan. And I think they, if your goal is to, to, to find a person, have a plan. And that's a great way to do it, is mm -hmm. to do exactly as you said. You know, write down the qualities you're looking for and the qualities you would need to have to attract that person. But do that for everything. Yeah. Right. I mean, I do this like, I, you know, I'm going to seriously because I haven't done exactly what you said. I'm going to do that. I'm going to write down that. exactly everything I want in my Lamborghini and I'm going to write all that shit down. And then I'm going to. OK, well, what kind of person do I got to be to have that? Yeah. What kind of person drives that kind of car? Yeah. Right. And you I'm going to do the same thing for my house and I'm going to yeah. do the same thing, more importantly, for my businesses and my goals in life. Right. Yeah. Something that I've kind of realized is that I would like to I have a lot of problems and a lot of beef with like politicians today. And I spent a good, better part of the last two years bitching about it. Mm. And I decided, you know what? Never mind. Eventually, I'll change it. I'll be the, I'll be the change I wish to see in the world. Yeah. So I was thinking, you know, I have some political aspirations. And I'm not in any point right now where I could be a politician. Yeah. I've got a lot of things I need to clean up. But I need to write that down of what, what would I want to see in a politician. Mm. And then I need to become all of those things. Yeah, 100%. Right. I love that, dude. But holy shit, dude, this is a good exercise. I'm yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do it. I'm going to send it to you. You're going to you're going to see. Send it to me, bro. I'll, I'll send you one, too. You know, I I think you can do it with anything in life. Absolutely. 100%. And yep. take anything that you seriously care about wanting to do yep. and do that. Dude, that, that that's an amazing exercise. Powerful, man. 
if, if anybody listen to this, if you guys take this to heart and you do that, please DM me on Instagram yeah. and, and show me, show me your lists. Well, we gotta, you gotta come up with a name for that, dude. That's like the Zayback Well, the plan. thing is, I didn't come up with it. I, I, oh, really? I, I'm sure I stole it from somebody. I mean, everything's regurgitated. I don't yeah. know who I got that from. But well, either way, well, then you gotta put, slap your brand we, on I it. I don't think we come up with anything, man. Everything's yeah. been, everything's been created. Nothing's you know? original. There ain't nothing original at right. this point, right? So I, I'm not taking credit for it, but somebody uh, is probably a lot smarter than I am said it and I remembered it and. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna continue it on, you know. Well, good. I'm yeah. excited. Um, awesome for anybody listening, and and you you know somebody that, that you really you know struck a chord in their heart. How, how are they? How are they? Can they, how can they find you and keep up with you? At Austin Zayback on every platform, bro. At Austin Zayback, and that's Z A B A C K on every platform. No no under no funny underscores, nothing like that. Yeah, just, just Austin Zayback. Well, what I can say is you give a ton of value all over. I appreciate on that, your bro. Instagram, your TikTok, your YouTube. You know, I come in and I look at all your stuff, and I'm like. All right. So here's one thing that I always do is, is I find somebody who's got the things that I want, who's doing the things I want to do. And I figure out how to emulate that. Right. So I come through and I look at your stuff and I'm like, dude, I, I like this guy. I like the shit he's putting out there. Right. How, you know, what, what ideas can I take from Austin and doing my own thing? So I can already tell you guys that you absolutely need to check out, definitely check out your YouTube channel. So much value and stuff on there. And they definitely need to check out your podcast as well. We're getting bigger on the pod, bro. Finally, we're, we're making traction now. We're, yeah. uh, yep. That, that channel's almost, it, it'll be monetized in probably a month. It was monetized and then it got demonetized. Oh, so really? I had to get it remonetized. Um, but yeah, dude, we're making progress, bro. So I've got a big, big 2023 lined up. A lot of big names. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, bro, I'm excited. I'm excited for your pod, dude. I'm excited for the new, the new set you got over here building. Yeah. I got the little tour before you got here. Oh, it's, it's going to be really cool. That thing is going to be dope, bro. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Are you going to keep doing it over there? Well, here's the thing is I, I didn't expect to ever like do a podcast. Like obviously so many people have started and they're doing them and, and I, I obviously, I love making content, but when, uh, Cole, the, the one of the co-owners of, of, uh, white label reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you ever think about doing this? My first answer to him was no. I was yeah. like, I don't want to do that. But now that I've started to do it, I love it. You have to, you do. Why wouldn't you love it? Right? Like, I think, I mean, you got to be the right guy for the job, which you are. Um, some people probably shouldn't do a podcast, but dude, yeah. if you're, if you're the right person or the, or the right, whatever for the job, then you should do it. I think, I think just the value that you get or that I get as a host of a podcast, right. To get to invite people on mm-hmm. and it becomes like the medium, the, the excuse of like, I can, I, cause you know, the people you bring on sometimes, they're not people that you would probably call and go grab a drink with. Like these right. are people that might be a little bit out of your league, Absolutely. but you can attract them on the pod, right? It's a form of value for people. Share value to the world and to them, right? Promote their personal brand, their, their gig. And then you can become friends with them, bro. That's, it's the number one way to, to blow your freaking network out of the water. It's, it's 100% what I've realized yeah. is that now I have something of value that I can give to every single person who I meet, who I want to get to know more. Like for in this, like I, I made a video today on, on my TikTok and I was talking about how, you know, you can, you can create your own reality and that's, you have to envision the person you want to be and you backwards engineer into what steps can you take every single day. And I was talking about the steps I'm going to take today. And part of that was I'm going to go and I'm going to get to interview Austin Zayback. And he's somebody who I admire, who's doing the things that I want to do. And I get to learn from him. Yeah. And then this also stems up. It has other benefits because, you know, it goes on on my YouTube channel, which will eventually make money. And it, it helps my podcast, which will eventually make money and all these different things. But it's something of value because 
Now you obviously you have all kinds of content production teams and you know doing everything for yeah, you. We're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but for yeah. a lot of people who come on, one thing of like value for them is I'm like, hey, look, don't worry, I'm gonna take care of getting all these clips for you, and I'll send everything over to you, yeah. so that you can have this for your purposes, right? Which is awesome. So, Huge value out to people. Yeah. And and you will get bigger. Like I do my goal and to see you, we'll talk about it after the show. But in twenty twenty three, I'm gonna like 10 X my content production to see you. Really? Know, like ten times. If you think what I'm doing right now is a lot of content, like I'm ready for the world to buckle up because I'm gonna go Ryan Pineda on everybody. Yeah. Like I'm we're going all in. Yep. Well, I saw you say something like that on yeah. on your Instagram and I was like, What is this man talking about? Is Dude, he doing more? Way more, bro. Like I, I feel like we're not doing nothing right now. Yeah. And I hate it. It derails me. I'm hiring full time copywriter, funnel builder, probably two more editors, another videographer on a team of ten just on the media company. Really? Yeah, that's my goal. And we're going to do it by like February. I already got like two editors lined up for January. Um, I already have a creative director, videographer, editor. Um, we'll add two more editors and then it'll be like copywriter, stuff like that. Build a big email list and start doing like masterminds and stuff. Like I just want to go. I want to be big, bro. Yeah. I'm tired of playing small, man. You I'm, know, I'm with you. And dude. dude, and you know what really derails me and then we'll wrap up. And I love people, bro. I really do. I love people so much. But um, I think this is where my motivation, I always, I've always had kind of a chip on my shoulder. But I see people that are doing like these events and these masterminds and stuff, teaching like, let's just say wholesaling, for example, right? And they haven't done a tenth of the deals that I've done. You know, and I'm like, and I see them filling a room full of people, right? Yeah. For five, five grand a head or whatever the number is. And I'm, it's not even really about the money. It's about like, dude, like I could teach them so much, bro. Yeah. Like if you put a room full of people in my office, like, dude, I would freaking blow their side, you know? And I think, so that's like motivating for me, right? Absolutely. I'm like, why am I not doing that? You know, why well, spent more time doing the actual thing where they pivoted and went, you know, education a little early, I think. But um, that'll be what's next for you, bro. I think education is a big thing too. Oh, dude. You're already doing it some. Yeah, we're um, exactly that. I mean, so, so I partnered up with RJ Bates on yeah. this. And so if for the exact reason you're talking about, look, I've done deals, right? I am actively doing deals, but I don't have 10 years of experience behind me. And that's just the truth of it, right? I've only been doing this for two years. Yeah. So I attached onto a bigger boat that is RJ Bates, who's done thousands of deals. And I'm doing the education with him and me and him had the same conver conversation about, dude, there's a serious gap in who's teaching and who's doing deals. <laughs> and we need to close that. A big one, bro. Well, maybe we could do some stuff together. Absolutely. That would be dope. Like throw an event together. I don't know. Like, you know, do something cool in the future. I, you know what? And here's my thing, dude. I, that's what I want to, cause I'm so passionate about this. It's changed my life. It's shown me all of these different things. It's opened up my eyes to how much money is out there. It showed me how to be a salesperson. It's taught me how to build a business. And I want to show other people how to do that because that. it's what's, you know, has changed the way I see the world and the way I think, and it can do that for more people. hundred percent. So, well, dude, the next time we do a pod, bro, we'll have done an event together. Absolutely. I love it, man. That's I appreciate so you for having me. Dude, thank you for coming, guys. Uh, this has been Austin Zabak. Uh, thank you guys for listening to episode 13 of The Rebellion. If you guys are watching on YouTube and you haven't already, uh, give the episode a thumbs up and uh, drop a comment of your favorite thing that you learned and something that you're going to implement. Guys, remember, if you guys are going to make a list of, of whatever it is you're looking for and you're going to put down the qualities that you admire about it and everything you want in it, and then you're going to also on the other side write down everything you need to become in order to attract that thing. Make sure you take a picture of that and send it to me on Instagram. Um, if you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple Music, do whatever it is on that platform that helps me out, whether that's rating it or thumbsing up. I don't know what it, what it is on those things. But most importantly, thank you guys for listening or watching, and we will see you next time.